0: Howdy, y'all! Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here. Great show on deck for you today, especially if you like uplifting messages and uh, a little bit of proof that there are people and media outlets out there that still want to make you smile. And want to spread a solid, positive message. And want to bring us together, not push us apart. I've got Hunter Stendrud on the show today. Hunter is one of the co-founders of Inspire More. And uh, if you don't know, Inspire More is a leading media company dealing in uh, good news and positive media happening around the world. Over the last uh, seven and a half years, Hunter has built a company that does one thing really, really well. And that thing is to tell you inspiring stories uh, meant to make you feel good feelings inside your body. Uh, They're a fantastic media outlet. You should check them out. Inspiremore.com, I think it is. Uh, But we had a great chat. And it was uh, definitely a chat that digs pretty deeply into the uh, ideologies and methods that have helped Hunter build uh, his company, Inspire More, uh, into being a successful media company. Uh, But it also uh, is a good reminder to uh, eat some kale in your media diet, and you'll know exactly what that means a few minutes into our chat. I want to thank all of the readers of Blank Newspaper who voted us the best podcast in Knoxville in blanks readers poll that came out last week and we won something. How about that? That's exciting, but uh, pick up a copy of blank newspaper, wherever you see it in the newsstands around Knoxville, it's around, it's out there. It's free. And um, it's maybe the most important publication that we have going on here in town. It props up the scene, man. It's, it's, it's a great publication that props up artists uh, tells you what's going on i think they're doing god's work also this weekend speaking of blank newspaper is uh is second bell music festival uh that's at sutry landing and that is a two-day music festival it's happening on august 27th and august 28th that's this friday and saturday and there are a ton of awesome bands playing on that bill there's still tickets available uh you got hound mouth Palm Palm Smoking Dave and the Primo Dopes to name a couple. There's a lot of other good bands on that lineup that you should check out. And uh, we thought that to celebrate the uh, the blank readers poll uh, award that South of Scruffy won, uh, we are going to give away a couple tickets to Second Bell Music Festival. So two of you guys, two listeners can go for free. Uh, So check out South of Scruffy on Instagram and uh, you'll have a little info in the story and in a post on how to get those tickets. That's where we're giving them away on the gram, baby. So, uh, we'll see you there at second bell. In the meantime, how about we dig into my chat with my good friend, Hunter Stensrud.
1: We're doing the pop cast.
0: Well, thanks for, thanks for coming and, and being here. I'm glad that we got to catch up with you on your way
1: through town. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So Dallas is the place. Big D. The big D. You it's, like
1: it? I mean when when we come up here every year, it's like why do we live in Dallas? Like I'm sure it's an awesome place. No, it's it's great. I mean, lots of uh the food scene's really great. Obviously business is really great. Um there's just not as much by way of mountains or anything anything beautiful
0: yeah texas is kind of flat the the big is it big bend is that kind Mm -hmm. of the big the big
1: yeah big bend is awesome where's that it's only about a nine hour drive from dallas (laughs) yeah
0: like halfway across (laughs) the state (laughs) but uh
1: if you if you can make it out there it's awesome yeah it's you can do um everything from like desert kind of camping on the rio grande up to there's a chisos mountain range so it's almost like new mexico pine trees black bears Ooh. Really cool. So you kind of get both terrains, but me and my college buddies went out there Um, one spring break. It was awesome.
0: You're from Dallas, right? Or around Mm -hmm.
1: there? Yeah. Grew up, uh, born and raised in Dallas. Yep. And you got a big family, right? There are, I have a younger sister and then three older brothers. They're nine and 12 years older. They're two of them are twins. So.
0: Uh, you said a younger sister, and then yeah, and then everybody else is like mm-hmm. a decade older.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She and I kind of grew up together, and then the brothers were kind of off off in college, and yeah, don't really remember. You know, they would mess with us when we were kids, but they were mostly off. They they all went to UT. Sorry, University of Texas. <laughs> I can't say that around here. I know
0: <laughs> it's like a it's a it's a <clears throat> uh, point of contention. I know. And the, and they look and they're both orange, man. They both yeah. the, the tees look the same. I know when I wear my when I go to Austin or go to Texas somewhere yeah. and I wear my uh, my my Tennessee hat. You know nobody even thinks that it's not Texas. They I know. think it's just a, yeah, a Texas well, the, hat. yeah.
1: I think the tee, especially back in the early days, it, I think it was almost the exact same or something. Yeah,
0: your orange is just a little more burnt, <laughs> a little more burnt. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so. After college, you moved
1: back and you started your company. Is that how? Is that how um, that worked, or was there? was some time in between for sure. Really, I uh, let's see, was in, involved in a uh, college ministry called Crew. So I were I stayed in Austin and lived with four other guys um, in this cool old craftsman house called. We called it uh, Old Blue. It was mm. painted this awful like light, like blue color. It was yeah. horrible. But so I, I did that. <laughs> Um, for two years um, in Austin which was great okay and well okay so I need to
0: get the timeline straight yeah. here mm-hmm. so where'd you go to college? University of Texas okay so you went to to to, to that UT to that UT yes yeah okay so and then so went from Dallas to Austin mm-hmm and then lived in the big blue house, hung uh, around.
1: Yep, hung around, stayed stayed in Austin for a few years. Um, and crew. Crew, yeah, Campus Crusade. Oh, okay. Um, so like CRU? CRU, not like crew, like rowing. Like rowing a boat. Yeah, although, you know, that's awesome, but <laughs> that was not me. Uh, but yeah, did crew. Um, so yeah, I was just hanging out with, I was in a fraternity, so um, just kind of hanging out on campus, um, mentoring talking to college guys who were i mean i was only a few years older yeah you're 23 but i was like here's what i learned (laughs) in the last three or four years so was that a job yeah okay so i had to raise my own support and uh as as did everyone who works for crew and um that was a fun process it's always hard asking people for money but yeah you gotta carry your
0: own bucket of rocks yeah yeah. that's cool
1: yeah so so how do you do that yeah, I mean churches, churches or you know, family connections. Hmm. That that's kind of I mean, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, a great family and a great community where I grew up in Dallas that, you know, a, a pretty extensive network of families who, you know, either knew about Crew or knew about me and wanted to support what I was doing for while I was down there. So, but I mean for a lot of people it is pretty challenging if you if your network isn't that big you know you kind of have to rely a on more. other yeah you got to rely on other people's networks which you know gets it gets challenging because you you know have to ask other people and say like hey here's what i'm doing can you ask your friends to support <laughs> me so yeah which you know it's really great though and i think it's a faith stretching journey to kind of say hey you know here's how much money i need to raise to to live for the next it's not a lot of money but yeah uh, so that's great that's that's interesting so so how, how do
0: you go about talking people into that because it seems like it kind of like knowing what i think i know about inspire more it, mm-hmm. it kind of yeah probably it was a, a good mm-hmm. like primer for
1: oh yeah i mean <laughs> some of the same people it's just a different conversation you know yeah here's what i'm doing you know personally for my <clears throat> you know what I what really impacted me in college and I want to go talk to other college dudes just about faith and all that and just life um, versus, hey, here's, you know, this business that me and, you know, my business partner kind of have come up with. Here's the plan, you know. So fortunate enough to have a lot of family, friends that kind of believe in, in me and kind of the things that I get excited about, which is a huge blessing for sure. Because it, it would have been, it's a different story if, you know, you don't have those people that at least, you know, the first foot in the door is like they know who you are, they know kind of your story a little bit and that helps a lot. What what I when I
0: started to become aware of what you guys had started with Inspire More mm-hmm. and then started looking at who else I knew that was aware of you guys, followed you guys on social media, was engaging with you guys somehow. Mm-hmm. It was people that you and I don't have as mutual people it was it was people that just found your <laughs> yep. guys content inspiring and there's a, yep. a bunch of people that you reached in my network without <laughs> n- you that's know awesome. without yeah, yeah just that's a really cool that's that's how i knew that you had built something pretty big and pretty mm. cool so is, was your business partner uh, a crew person as well
1: um he he did not do crew he was okay. involved in other stuff, uh, other stuff, kind of. He went to Vanderbilt for his undergrad. Um, okay, how'd you guys meet? Our he grew up in the same neighborhood I did, um, and we didn't know each other growing up. But when we when I moved to Dallas, Kay and I, my wife Kay, we um, she was finishing nursing school in Knoxville, and I was still working for Crew in Austin. And then when we were engaged, we decided, hey, let's move to Dallas. And um, mm. I went and worked for a digital marketing agency. Um, and so while we were in Dallas, getting to know other friends and couples, uh, we got connected with uh, his, him and his wife. His name's Robert. Um,
0: but you kind of knew him growing up?
1: Yeah, he, he actually kind of knew my sister and her friends a little bit better. Um, he went to private schools. Um, and so I just that's how why I didn't know him. But um, anyways, we kind of knew of each other. And then when we started hanging out, as you know married couples friends um he's he kind of initially had the idea for inspire more was kind of kicking it around and had um gotten a few families to say like hey like i'll support you in that um and i was always you know really intrigued by startups and anything like digital like i just yeah love learning digital um like marketing strategy all that and as he was kind of saying, like, "Hey, here's it didn't have a name. Inspire where It was it had some horrible ideas before that uh, for names. For names, yeah. inspire this world. Yeah, doesn't roll off the tongue as much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just got really excited to uh, you know kind of take that step of faith and jump out there and jump in.
0: Well, what was your experience with the digital marketing agency that you were working with yeah. before? Because it sounds like that maybe in- yeah. influenced you a little bit too. Yeah, what no. were you doing
1: there? I was, um. It was a it was a marketing agency that kind of focused on CRO conversion rate optimization for like e-commerce companies. Um, What's that mean? So like, you know, you you sell, you know, say, take for example the uh Flybox company. Okay. You have your website, you have your landing page. You know, yep. you're you're spending marketing dollars to get people to that landing page. Well, you know, 100 people hit that page, one one person converts. That's a, a one percent conversion, conversion rate. rate. Gotcha. So CRO is how do we take those same hundred people and instead of getting one, let's get five. Yeah. Um, and you do that through uh, different testing platforms where you can mm. change entire page layouts to try and have different um, sales messaging, like you know five five out of five, or you can get a testimonial and see, you know what Ben said converted at a 10% higher rate than what Hunter said about his experience with the fly box. So, so you're
0: AB testing stuff all day? AB
1: or multivariate testing all the, I mean, you you name it, you can do whatever you wow. want. So. so
0: so if if you're trying to do a, a conversion rate optimization mm-hmm. for a client mm-hmm. um, and I go to, to hunterscompany.com, mm-hmm. am I going to get maybe one of five different, uh, websites depending oh, on what time I oh yeah or, or what IP address I log in from
1: yeah I mean you can get they can get as granular well it's getting harder these days with kind of the privacy laws changing and all that but yeah I mean the page you're if you're on any like major e-commerce based business you know any of the travelocities or right. Amazon or whatever you're most likely gonna see a different variation than me um, really. Mm-hmm. So interesting they're always testing and then they're you know the like what the ip address based thing you know they might even change pricing based on like hey we think this person can afford a little bit more really um so that's yeah, interesting it it gets a little bit kind of scary <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, like, uh, borderline borderline yeah, on like yeah. uh, is it is
0: it ethical <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i don't know yeah so so, where did this idea spawn? Your business partner, what's his name? uh Robert. Robert. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so, did you guys uh, do the old sit in the garage and and <laughs> hang out after dark and and mm-hmm. come up with ideas and and then finally say let's 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 get the rubber to meet the
1: road here? Is that what yeah. happened? No, I mean, like I said, he would kind of been working on it. The I- general idea, like by himself, you know, where um, he was kind of toying around between. I have this kind of idea versus, um, should I go get a job work you know, work for another company? And, and you already
0: had a job at this point. And I, were-
1: yeah. I had this job. And, um, so as he was kind of developing the concept and had raised a little bit of kind of friends and family money to, you know, get it initially started. Um, he was, you know, kind of consulting me, but I think he would say he was kind of like, trying to test the waters to see if i would be a good kind of co-founder in this in this venture just scared Um, to come out and ask you think no i think i mean i think he was yeah i think he was kind of like making sure you know that i was excited about it and that i you know had some value to add to sure um the the launch of the thing And i think my experience you know with the marketing company and um You know, I did a little bit of that with with our crew ministry, like the website and everything. Um, That's kind of why I I decided I wanted to get into the business side of things instead of kind of the, you know, professional Christian world, if you will. Um, And so, yeah, um, he, you know, eventually was like, he kind of got into the point of like, hey, well, here's some name ideas. And that's kind of where, you know, I was like, hey, you know, this is probably the best option of of all the names, and then eventually he you know was like, "Hey, I'd love for you to come, help me get this thing off the ground, um kind of be co founder and kinda handle everything on the the marketing product side of things, which you know in the past seven and a half years, you know <laughs> my marketing and product understanding is immensely greater than when I started, which is Sure. Which is awesome, you know. It's been a cool
0: experience. It's also like a a very uh, changing frontier. Like it's relatively young, right?
1: Oh man! So the rules are changing. The, the rules. playing field oh. is changing. Facebook, you know they they change. You know we're heavily kind of social traffic is really important for our business. Um, at least it was in the initial three to five years. And they change they change stuff all the time. And yeah, you know you have to adapt because that's where billions of people spend hours a day and you know if you want to grow an audience you kind of have to play that game and so i learned a lot on like i mean on facebook you used to you could grow an audience by paying for people to like your page Hmm. and that's how we got started uh we got really good at buying likes is what it was called how through their ad platform Right. we would just say hey do you want to like this page um and you would target different people and people actually did that. There's really no, I don't even think they offer like like campaigns anymore. As a so would type. they
0: pay users to like pages? Is that how yeah, that so works? Yeah, so like
1: we would pay, you know, $100 and we would get, you know, 1,000 likes. Um, basically, Facebook would show ads to people saying, hey, do you want to like this page? Here's what they're about.
0: So you're not necessarily, well, you're you're buying exposure to them, right? Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. Facebook is, is yeah. highly suggesting that. They-
1: yeah. Well, and yeah. likes used to mean something in terms of you have or followers it also like if you have a million followers and you share a link to your site, you know, you would drive if it was good content, ten to twenty, thirty thousand page views from mm. a good article. Right. Now that's no longer the case. Um, right. They've changed a Who lot gets of to their see di- what? Yeah, they've changed their distribution rules a lot and they don't they've made it harder for brands and publishers to reach their fans. Um just they, they want you to pay. They want you to pay more yeah. money.
0: I, I was going to ask—is it? I mean, it's still obviously a pay-to-play game with mm-hmm. them a little bit, and they're just—they're mm-hmm. just—they got you hooked. Now they're yeah. just—they're leveraging it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah see and like i don't know do you know gary vaynerchuk gary V. Mm-hmm. heard of that guy mm-hmm. um one of the things it was right around the same time you and i were having a conversation about some algorithm changes probably about three years ago mm-hmm. and i remember he had come up come out, out with something recently or right around that time where he was saying like you can whine about the algorithm changing yeah. and say that's what ruined my business or you can adapt to it and Mm-hmm. And and live to fight another day. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of companies do the first thing that he mentioned, which is whine about the, it not being fair anymore. But you guys are still here, mm-hmm. and 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 when um, when a, a method that you guys had used to grow your company and really relied on just kind of turned off overnight, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we we had an entire sort of business model around. this facebook traffic and we kind of saw the writing on the wall like our reach you know the amount of people our links were reaching was dropping and you know to be reliant but with the majority of your business on a platform like facebook it's just you know it's better to be diversified Um, yeah so we kind of knew we needed to switch but a couple policies changed and like the way we were doing things you know basically overnight like 80 90 percent of our revenue kind of went went away and so we kind of had to go back to the drawing board and um you know figure out how do we you know still the same content that we're creating and producing you know the article content the social content the video content but it was the question was like okay how do we get this in front of people because mm. we know people you know are both enjoy the content or entertained in a, a positive and uplifting way but um, they're also impacted by it so we're like how do we how do we reach people again and how do we you know build a sustainable business and we're still getting close to the sta- sustainability piece of it where uh, it's been it's been a harder a harder journey these past four years than the first three in terms of you know a model getting to profitability but we feel like what we're building is going to be you know more long-standing it's just required more cost up front in terms of building that audience um so
0: so you know a lot of people are familiar with your guys with your company and with what you guys do but if if you were going to tell somebody you didn't
1: know Mm kind of you know what's what's the elevator pitch the elevator pitch gosh that's a great (laughs) question i should know this really well
0: (laughs) Come on, you've yeah. been doing it now, 7 years now. Well, yeah. it's probably changed. <laughs> it's well, yeah, I'm like
1: what have we changed it to? Now, yeah. I mean at at the core, you know, Inspire More, we're an uplifting media platform and so our our vision is to inspire humanity to live for more and we've kind of the the way or flavor we've chosen to to do that in is through um aggregating and creating positive uplifting content. So, you know, it's everything from really heartwarming, you know, emotionally uh, moving stories or really positive, funny lists, like the animal list, you know, everything in between um, that creates the sort of positive emotion, whether that's laughter, joy, you know, even like perspective, you know, opening someone's eye to something that's going on in the world. Um, you know, we, and we've chosen to stay away from kind of anything hyper-political or religious, um, you know, though we have a religious background as founders we're, you know, the core of the content that we produce has to be, you know, inspiring and like uplifting for, for anyone who would come across it. Um, and, and that's, that's honestly, I think, you know, a challenge, but also I think one of the reasons, you know, a lot of people do enjoy our content, um, is that, you know, whatever your beliefs are, wherever you come from, like, um you can read a story about uh a little girl you know who overcame some sort of adversity to to win a race in her yeah. track and field or whatever you know there's yeah. there's tons of those stories and so our our brand is purely about those you know whereas uh another larger media company you know like a, a cnn or whatever they might have some good news mm-hmm. but they also have all the other stuff yeah uh, we and wanna- an agenda <laughs> yeah they haven't maybe maybe um but we want to just be you know the purely positive content and you know people should absolutely consume news and still be informed um so we we liken kind of what we do to someone's media diet you know a, as much as you pay attention to what you're eating on a daily basis mm-hmm. and kind of creating that balance um we we believe that a balanced media diet is really important because if you just are victim to the feed. Mm-hmm. You're going to be shown the same stuff, you know, and kind of get into this bubble. And probably, you know, there is a lot of depression and, and mental illness that can be tied to, you know, social media media consumption. And so, we're trying to, I don't know, not be like a, a diet pill, but like be this true, like you know, this kale in yeah. the midst of your your media diet. Yeah, um, and a little so little quinoa, little quinoa, little kale. Yeah, little little good news. So yeah. So you
0: you, you said a- aggregating, but also creating content mm-hmm. too. So you guys have got? Did, did you start out by aggregating the content and pushing mm-hmm. pushing the the, the mm-hmm. uplifting content and attaching it to a good a good story or a mm-hmm. good um, message? Yeah. And then and then from there, kind of said, well, we could we see these stories out there happening that haven't been told yet. Mm-hmm. So if you yeah, started doing a bit of that
1: too, it's a little bit of both. I yeah. mean, mostly the we're a very small lean organization and so you know we don't have like teams of reporters going out and getting original stories and Mm -hmm. so um but we are really good at and we don't produce a lot of content compared to a big media company per day um so we focus on you know we know we generally know like what our you know larger audience really enjoys um and so we use different technologies or just manual digging on like the Facebooks or the YouTubes or Vimeos, because um, all that content, you know, is it's publicly available content, but um, what we do is we take that and we create a story around it or an article around it um, and, you know, a headline and package it in a way and then deliver it to our audience. So instead of you, like, scrolling through Facebook for hours and you're seeing negative stuff, positive stuff, whatever, you know, our value add is we're going through all the content and giving everyone the best five to seven uplifting stories of the day in a, in a short form way that we know people will consume and share. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, you're in a,
0: almost in a trust business, right? Your people are, are, are trusting you to have their mm. tastes in mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's the reason people shop at Whole Foods or, mm-hmm. or Earth Fair used to be their Their whole deal was like, you know, we read the label, so you don't have to. We mm-hmm, make sure that mm-hmm. there's none of this stuff yeah. in your food. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we do a lot of that. So, I mean, you know, our writers or editors are, you know, scouring the web for these stories, and we do get a lot of stories submitted. And so, you know, they're doing, they are doing some fact checking and, you know, as yeah. much reporting style work that they can. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, there's 50, 100, you know, good news stories we could tell we we just don't have capacity to to tell all of them and Mm -hmm. we hope to be able to tell more as we grow but um but yeah we kind of feature six to seven of the best ones per day and our social content some of that's just purely native like it's you know meme style or just videos that we get the rights to upload right um because people you know do submit like hey you should tell my story or tell this or whatever um so that's cool yeah it's really neat
0: so a lot of times like, and I don't know, I, I've just been recently digging into like to, into the startup world and, mm-hmm. you know, s- startups are are a thing that everybody has wanted to do at some point, I guess. And it's played out, you know, with you watch Silicon Valley on HBO, like that's kind of a good way to get like <laughs> a, a lot of the lingo figure series, a funding. And, oh, yeah. But it seems like a lot of these, uh, a lot of these startups, like uh, a startup structure, like if you go to like let's say the Y Combinator or something mm-hmm. like that, what's really attractive to an incubator in a startup is to see. Um, it seems like to me like you have this charismatic kind of CEO type, um, but then like a technical founder mm-hmm. as well. If mm-hmm. you're going to be in the in the web game, yeah. did you guys have uh, have that? Is one of is one of you guys technical and the other one is yeah. more of a business type person?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. I I'm not like a developer programmer per se, but, you know, I very much kind of bring that uh, technical marketing product side of things. And, mm-hmm. you know, Robert's, uh, you know, he's got the title CEO, so he's kind of the visionary more kind of inspire the team and right. go, go raise money. And, you know, I'm kind of managing um, the product, the operations that, you know, we do have developers, so just managing their workflows and stuff like that so you know and what we're doing is not excuse me not like highly technical like we don't we haven't needed like a cto like we're not building this proprietary app or whatever we're right. using all these publicly available technologies and platforms but you know putting it all together where you know one plus one equals three you know yeah. because of what well, the work we put into how we've put it together right so
0: makes sense Mm-hmm. How, has that been um, I don't know has it been a, a bit of a a learning curve outside of what you knew from doing the mm-hmm. from doing the ad agency stuff I mean have you had to grow leaps and bounds have you had to stay up late oh, yeah. studying <clears throat> stuff yeah. and the way things are moving
1: oh man yeah I think what's fascinating about um, media in particular but just digital um, generally is like you can you can get onto somebody's site and you can really, you know, you can reverse engineer a lot of things by looking at, you know, the source code you can look at. Yeah. Um,
0: you can find out the address that the domain's registered to, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, you can You can see a lot of, I mean, you, yeah, yeah. we hide that, but um, you should hide that if you have a domain. Yeah, I, I, it's, I do. I think it's the good thing, to, the smart thing to do. Uh, yeah, but, it is.
0: Uh, you won't be but, able to find my house by looking right. at the South of Scruffy uh, code. <laughs> I can promise you that.
1: I'm at Ben's house right now. <laughs> I don't know where I am. <laughs> well, you, but yeah, I blindfolded it's, you it's, out the way, so. It's a really dark room. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So a lot of, in the early days, you know, we, I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. Like, you know, we, you look at all these other sort of upstart media companies that have, you know, media executives that had a successful media company right. and say, hey, we know exactly what to do. Let's, you know, let's go start another media company um and you've seen you know there's been a handful of really successful ones um so for us it was you know trial and error like dig in try and figure out like okay you know to be a media company you need to have an audience so facebook's probably the place to start so how do you get an audience on facebook and so it's you know looking up other media companies and like how what kind of content do they post you know how do they what are their other traffic channels how can you figure that out um so yeah, it was really it's been really fun. I mean, that's something i I really do love is just I mean, you you go to a landing page, you you can look at URL structures and you can figure out what you know marketing channel it came from. And mm. you know, I don't know you can just you can do a lot by if you know kind of where to look and sort of piece together, okay, this is how um, like Axios is kind of a big newer media company. So this is how they, you know create content. This is where they drive traffic from. And, you know, you can understand their ad, their their business model by, you know, advertising partners and, you know, do they have an e-commerce arm, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so you just kinda start to build this, you know, puzzle of this is how a media company, you know, has built itself and whether or not it's successful or not, you kind of gauge that based on, do they have any PR write-ups? You know, how much money have they raised? Like how much revenue are they reporting? And kind of, you know, have this sort of playbook and if you will, but for us, we had to, you know, piece all that together over time. And really what we were not making really any money at all until about a year and a half in to inspire more where, you know, we had that initial, friends and family money that kind of paid the it was just three of us for that first year and a half paid for like two of us uh (laughs) and yeah but we kind of through that reverse engineering process we stumbled upon this uh facebook traffic partnership model that a lot of you know it's what allowed a, a company like us who had three people to reach you know we were the number fifteenth most most trafficked U.S. mobile website Um, so we were sitting right around you know people.com U.S. magazine you know CNN Fox News in terms of unique visitors and it was through this Facebook before they changed everything like there was this way to partner with pages who had millions of followers and say hey will you share our content like it's it's really uplifting and for all the traffic you drive us we'll pay you Um, and the unfortunate thing was for, you know, we were, you know, we were getting really good, positive content to go viral, um, and, you know, really impact people. Um, it's, it really has been amazing. The amount of, you know, feedback testimonials we get from people just saying how, you know, we're a bright spot in their day. Um, but with this whole Facebook thing, you know, where there's opportunity, you know, for good, there's also opportunity for bad actors. And so, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of clickbait, a lot of um, yeah misinformation. And yep. so Facebook said, yeah, well, we're not allowing this anymore. And so our model had to, had to shift. So you guys were, were, were there early. Yep. Um Yeah. We, we caught on early, which was awesome. It was fun. And then the bad actors caught on a little bit
0: later mm-hmm. and, and then, that was the problem.
1: And that was the problem. Yeah. So
0: it seems like whatever you figure out next probably be ruined too, right?
1: Well, I, I <laughs> hope they be more? Are they be more careful? It's harder. I mean, email is. You know, I don't know. Do you subscribed any? Uh, I don't think I newsletter? get newsletters. Email. Yeah, do you subscribe to any newsletters by you know creators or people that you know you really uh, like to follow? Uh, yeah, a couple. Yeah. So, like, you've heard of Substack? No. No. Substack. I've is, heard of it. I don't know what uh, it is. I mean, so there's this big trend in uh, like the creator economy. So like Patreon, yeah, um, was you know early in this game. Um, but newsletters is you know email is is by and large like unchanged over the last however many years right. in terms of it's always there. Like people are always checking their inbox. Yeah, um, and so uh, media companies, entire media companies have been based on the news, the newsletter. So like Morning Brew, um, is a business, uh, finance tech related newsletter. Um, they did not have a website. All of their content was in an email and, you know, they had, I think they have like one to 2 million email subscribers and they're selling ads against that. And, you know, they just sold a majority of their business for a lot of money. Um, and so, but you know, email is just a really effective way to more consistently reach your audience and so it's a really effective tool for driving people to your site um so that's why if you go to a new site or any other media company you're going to see a pop up or some sort of call to action to hey get our get our free daily email or something like that and so mm. we have shifted to we have two primary emails um that you know we've been heavily investing in acquiring new email subscribers and so for a bad actor to do that, I mean, it's expensive, you know, to acquire an email subscriber. Um, mm. So that's why it's a little bit harder in a longer term game that we're gotcha. kind of in. But it's a, it's a more consistent one and and one in which you own your audience a little bit more than Facebook. Yeah. So how come I get like, I don't
0: know, there's so much junk mail mm-hmm. that comes to people's inboxes. But the newsletters that I want to get, I really do read them. Mm-hmm you know yeah but there's a bunch of stuff that i never asked for <clears throat> yeah so is that what you mean by it's harder to get that get that subscriber because you're making them choose you
1: yeah i mean there's instead there's of just en- buying yeah. buying
0: your email address from oh yeah you, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean yeah buying lists is yeah.
1: you know it might be effective for some that that it might be, be that might be kind of the the bad actor i guess if you yeah. will which you know if a subscriber that we own you know is a part of that then that might negatively affect us but but yeah i mean for the most part you have to get someone to opt in um whether it's on our website or on some other platform where we're paying money to say hey here's here's this newsletter here's what we're about give it a try Mm -hmm. um so um yeah it's it's so that's kind of what i've been immersed in the last three and a half years is the world of um you know, email audience development and understanding, you know, ESPs, email sending platforms and uh, email deliverability, ensuring, you know, how do you make sure our emails hit your inbox and they don't go to spam and, yeah, you know, essentially just playing into that. I mean, it's, it's, it's Google's algorithms, it's Yahoo's algorithms, but you know, it's a much more predictable um, environment to play in.
0: Rather than trying to get somebody's thumb to stop for three seconds while they're mm-hmm. scrolling by on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: but we, I mean, we still are on Facebook and on social and drive a good bit of traffic. But what's uh, your
0: biggest platform that you guys are most engaged in? Facebook still?
1: Facebook's still the largest, um, yeah. but Instagram's pretty big. Yeah. Um, but email is, you know, our largest sort of platform, if you will, at this point.
0: Well, you guys are doing the kind of work that it's almost like, yeah, I I could see how ad sales has to be like a revenue deal, has to be a a big way to drive revenue. But like, I I see those billboards that are like kindness, pass it on. You know what I mean? That's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of what you guys are doing Uh, too, and like you're you're trying to spread Mm -hmm. good messages and 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 put kindness uplifting content out there make the world a little bit of a better place and then you know maybe making that ask later for you Mm -hmm. know some kind of support whether it's monetarily Mm -hmm. or whatever but it doesn't seem like that's your goal i don't feel like you're trying to just get money out of me when you know when i read your content or or watch a video or whatever it's like your your head's in the right place as far as as, as, as as what your, what your purpose Mm. is, or at least what you're setting out to do.
1: Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's a challenge, you know, we're not a nonprofit, you know, that's kind of a different approach. You know, we want to be a a for-profit, you know, venture that, you know, does good through the actual product we put out in the world and also, you know, is a sustainable business. And so, yeah, we're, you know, advertising is kind of our primary business model and then we do have a membership program where it's you know you can if you've been a subscriber for a while and you love what we do and want to help us reach more people you know you can pay a small monthly amount um excuse me and uh you know we'll we have like a a members only three days a week email that's you know some additional content that we don't put in the other emails Mm. um so it's it's more of a you know member supported model as opposed to like an exclusive content model yeah um, but uh I, so yeah it's 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 a bit it's been exciting like that was something we said hey let's try this last May um or was that two years ago I think it was two years ago but so that was fun 2020 doesn't count yeah I'm like <laughs> hmm maybe f- three days ago yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah we um so that that was something that was really fun for me to you know I got to this develop that whole offering and product and build the tech stack to support it, you know, based on Stripe and all that. So it's something I've never done before. But again, it's like, okay, what platform is, you know, NPR using? What platform is, you know, and so yeah, digital is just fun because you can you can go look at what competitors or other companies are doing and say, let's do it like this person, this person, this person and see how it goes. Um.
0: Yeah so. to to take it back to like the, the the Gary V thing I mentioned too it's it's very much that like give 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 value give mm-hmm. value and then maybe make an ask later mm-hmm. you know which i feel like is such a better way than like buy my stuff please mm-hmm. <laughs> buy yeah, my stuff yeah. and I, I do wonder though because i've had like you know this this podcast is on patreon and mm-hmm. i wonder and i think i've gotten a little bit into the psychology of it with people like how much do you think people subscribe and pay you you know monthly let's say let's say it's 5 dollars a month that they pay you why do, do you think they pay you that 5 dollars a month and that's good ROI for the, for the three extra emails they get a month or a week? Mm -hmm. Or do you think they do it because they want to support you and believe in, in what you're doing? Or do Mm -hmm. you think there's a little bit of both out there?
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think the majority is probably the, you know, they want to support us and, um, you know, want to help us, you know, we don't have a paywall. And so part of any sort of revenue helps us prevent you know having to put a paywall up Yeah, um, and you know we're a small team but we have a big mission like we're we are trying to put positive content out there and you know the negative news is what sells you know in the ad world like traffic people click it's you know as creatures we want to know hey what's happening over there so i can be safe here what you know there's that psychological like negative news you know that those stories uh, we we're enthralled by them because we use them to survive in some ways. And so positive content is harder because it's, you yeah. don't really need it, but you actually need it, <laughs> yeah. but your brain doesn't necessarily. It's the quinoa, man. Yeah, It's <laughs> the quinoa. Like, you, like, man, I really don't want that. Can you put a little extra chocolate sauce, chocolate, <laughs> something, something good on it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think, but the, those who do support us, you know, want to help us further that mission and yeah um you know so that's we we ask people who support us like hey why are you doing this and most of the feedback is you know we need more good news out there or i'm you know all i see is you know negative news and you know you guys are kind of pushing against that and so i want to help support you guys and thanks for the extra emails you know but it's it's not the main driver that's awesome is it
0: was it hard? You mentioned earlier you you don't want to take a, a, a religious stand. You don't want to take a political stand. Is it hard to to stay out of those spaces or not be, or or, mm. or at least not be um, identified as as taking a side? Is it hard to stay to be Switzerland with the kind of content <laughs> that you guys mm-hmm. put out? Um, and do you have to?
1: Yeah, do you I mean, have to put
0: cycles into making sure that you're not? Yeah, taken aside
1: you know i mean it's it's i feel like we've sort of stumbled into a process where you know for the most part like yes i mean some stories everyone's gonna see like they're gonna read into something you know like um it doesn't matter like what the story is about but if if chick-fil-a is a part of it you know people have strong opinions right and it's like but but the the thing that it was unrelated to Chick Fil A was like it happened in a Chick Fil A. Right, really inspiring thing.
0: Yeah, that doesn't mean Inspire the, More hates gay people. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: know? and uh, you know, but we'll get comments. Right, you know, it's like so. But I mean, for the most part, you know, we don't really get as far as you know we see from readers a ton of pushback or that's good. Um, you know, but I think, you know, it's it's impossible at the end of the day to be purely right down the middle and all of it and so
0: it's such a hard endeavor because you're right like you guys aren't selling like sensationalism you're not just you're not click baiting you're you're really just putting good healthy messages out there and like you said like that is it's something that people don't don't seek out as much as they do the negative stuff Mm -hmm. so is it hard to like i don't know do you get discouraged like man why is the world such a terrible place all they want to hear is hate and divisiveness
1: yeah no i mean i I don't i'm not necessarily discouraged i think you know it's it's like with anything you know you you kind of have to put yourself out there and you know i think as your following grows and like people share it more um, you know, not that it becomes a fad or whatever, but not like a, like a health diet. But, you know, I think as we continue to reach more people and, um, you know, get influential people to refer us or talk about us, I think that that would help. Um, but you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, hard to see some of the other companies, you know, they just crush it with traffic or whatever. And, um, yeah. but I think yep.
0: about like Barstool. They're kind yeah. of like the, mm-hmm. they do exactly, they do what you guys do, right? I mean, they're aggregating content and mm-hmm. they're creating content yep. and they're huge. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're I mean, we, huge yeah, we Yeah,
1: we look at them a lot for, you know, that sort of competitive, like, hey, what are they doing? Like, what's right. going on here?
0: They're sh- showing people getting drunk and passing out. And like, that's the stuff that people are yep. like drawn to and want to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it it just, it doesn't have that. No, there's not as much substance to it it doesn't it it, it's like if you feel like you're laughing at somebody rather than laughing with them you know Mm -hmm. and that's not that doesn't feel right all the time or ever (laughs) yeah no. and it's the it it almost feels like the nice guys have a harder time to you know Mm -hmm. to make it happen but barstool is a great example of of I, i think kind of something that that you touched on which is that it's you know it's 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 easier to get people to 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 seek out sensationalist content or, or sensational content and a little harder to get them to mm-hmm. like the heartstrings. Yep. Kind of stuff. But but have you guys um you mentioned like influential people uh liking, sharing, whatever, mm-hmm. uh engaging with your stuff. Like what's have you guys had a, a big win where um there's been somebody out there that that is like, oh man, I, I I can't believe you know we're you know engaging or partnering with you know mm-hmm. this 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 kind of person has has there been somebody out there who's been an advocate for you guys that has felt pretty yeah. cool and
1: well I mean probably the the coolest kind of most recent one was um, and and everybody you know everyone probably heard about it or saw but John Krasinski's some good news his little yeah. YouTube series that he had for it wasn't very long but uh, his first episode um, he you know featured a story that he and his team found. You know, they, they used Inspiremore as a source for content and mm. through, you know, dropped our name out there and said, hey, you know, there's companies that have been doing this longer than I have with, mm. you know, my YouTube series. um So so that was awesome. And we saw a huge uptick in sort of direct referral traffic of people coming to check out Inspiremore. Awesome. um So, and then actually, you know, this was really cool. My brother, um he, one of my brothers, he does work marketing work for a really cool nonprofit, um, that is called dogs matter. And so they help, um, people who go into intensive rehab, um, for addictions. They, when those people go into those programs, you know, they often don't have anyone to take care of their pets. Mm. Um, and so these people will find dogs matter, will find, um, homes or people that'll basically foster their dogs while they're getting treatment. Um, Mm. and then when they, you know, come back out, they, they reunite them with their pets, and it's that's, awesome. That's super cool. And so we, you know, did a write up for for Dogs Matter on the site, and awesome. um, my brother just texted me actually a couple of days ago, and said, you know, hey, the Kelly Clarkson show in L.A., you know, just reach out, and they want to feature one of our sort of re, reunite. Um, what's it called? Reunion stories okay, yeah. um, that that you guys featured. One of their associate producers loves inspire more follows your emails um saw the story and reached out to us um so that was really cool just to know that you know people at other media companies you know like the kelly clarkson show which i'm sure has a lot of viewers um is paying attention to to the content that we're putting out there
0: that's excellent so it, it's uh, cool to know that you have such a such yeah. a broad reach because yeah. you know and and I just think about it with, with this podcast, like it's very much a, a, a thing that is, you know, people who, who take in this, take in this kind of content are, you know, it's a fairly small kind of market of people that are, that are interested in it. Um, but it's still, it, it feels great. To know Mm -hmm. that people are taking in your content and Mm -hmm. people are enjoying it and to get stopped on the street and people to thank you or send you an email out of nowhere or a text message or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's like, thank you for, for what you're doing. Do you guys get that still that Mm -hmm. feeling of of when you put this stuff out there, people, people reach out for no reason to tell you they appreciate it? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we get, I mean, over the last, you know, seven and a half years, lots of friends, like people from high school or college that, you know, we haven't spoken to in years will say like, like, Hey, I, you know, I've, I've followed Inspiremore more for the last few years. I had no idea. Like you were one of the co-founders or whatever. Like I didn't this, either. When yeah. I first
0: started following you guys, I didn't. Know. Oh yeah. I
1: think we talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, man, this company. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my company. <laughs> uh No, but I mean, it's really cool. Just, I think kind of like what you're saying, like friends that you and I like, you know, are, are not connected to like our followers is, right? you know I'm sure you know there's probably some sorts of connections in the podcast world for what you're doing and it's like you know digital has the ability to reach people any, all over the world which is mm-hmm. so cool um, and you know uniting in a way that obviously it's that's the power and the beauty of you know media and the the world wide web as we call it <laughs> uh, to reach people with good messages and Content that, you know, like this podcast that helps people get to know one another and have, yeah. you know, learn something new, which is super valuable. Yeah. So.
0: Well, are there like are there any challenges on the horizon that, that that the general public doesn't really see that you guys see first? Like do you see anything coming up that you think is kinda gonna be a game changer in the, oh, you know, nice. digital space or hmm. content space?
1: Man, TikTok, TikTok, gosh, (laughs) I have, I don't even know. Yeah, I I don't, I don't know TikTok. I don't, which
0: is, I don't know it that well either. I know that I make content for it from time to time for other companies. Oh, there you go. When we, when we film stuff. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um gosh, I don't. Kind of
0: scared of it, but it seems like that's a big disruptor in the space
1: right now. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, that short form vertical video. I mean, yeah, like all the platforms, they all have. They all see what works and then they say, here's our version of it. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have, you have to adapt. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, hmm. I mean. Don't see any big ones out I there that are. don't see any huge ones. I mean, yeah. you know, there there is a lot of hype around the creator economy. And so you're seeing a lot of, mm. I mean, Twitter bought a newsletter platform called Review. Um, and so they're going to allow influencers to create newsletters and make that eventually part of, like, a paid subscription offering. So, you know, Facebook's doing the same thing as well. So there's – and then there's all these – How op- does that work? You know, they they would say, like, say you had, you know, a million Twitter followers and you were looking for another way to monetize your influence. Um, they would say, hey, newsletters are hot right now. Like, you either have one or, hey, start a new one. We'll pay you, you know, to create this newsletter – as you get subscribers, you know, it'll most likely be some sort of a rev share model with the platform. Mm. So you get a thousand email subscribers paying you 10 to $50 a month. Twitter, Facebook's going to take a cut of that eventually. Gotcha. And multiply that out by thousands, yeah. millions of creators who, you know, uh, it's like YouTube, you know, like all these people have this opportunity to create a following and to make to make real yeah. money from it. Um, but newsletters is kind of, and, you know, the creator economy is kind of an up, it's up and coming right now for sure.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting because you think about, you say email newsletters mm-hmm. and it sounds archaic, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's effective. It's effective. And you know, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's, it's hot right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but, and it's, yeah, I think you're seeing, I think this shift from, you know, social people wanting to get away from social and the feed and i mean people are still in it but like how can i can how can i be informed or find content that's interesting to me a in a a little bit of a more unique personal format and Mm. newsletters are great because they're very personal um it's you know you sitting down to write an email to a friend or to ten thousand subscribers it's kind of doesn't make a difference but you're writing this very personal thing about whatever you want um and so, I think I think that's why newsletters are, you know, kind of finding finding a voice right now. And and then they're an effective advertising channel. You know, mm. in terms of click through rate on a banner ad versus an ad in a newsletter, newsletters tend to perform better. And so,
0: yeah, I don't know the last time I clicked on a banner on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't doesn't yeah. happen very often. Yeah.
1: So with like a newsletter ad, and this is what we do in our newsletters. We you you're allowed any space you want really say this is a a sponsored section you know and Mm -hmm. so or just like you talk about a sponsor on the podcast you know you you have your 350 words or a minute you know you drop it into a newsletter and it's it's more clickable than this graphic banner sure Um, so yeah they're effective for for advertising if you can build an audience that really trusts you and you know trust what you who you work with and who you promote
0: yeah yeah, that that's interesting. That and I I don't know that I've really heard the I don't know that I've really heard the term creator economy mm-hmm. before. Um, but but does that mean the does that mean peer to peer you supporting me like
1: if I if it's a like on Patreon or like mm-hmm. I, and yeah pa- I mean Patreon is like the sort of birth of the creator economy yeah. in terms of. A platform that allowed someone who had a passion to actually turn it into a business
0: yeah how um, old's patreon
1: i don't i don't really know yeah um, it
0: seems like it's become it's, like the kleenex xerox chapstick word mm-hmm. of like yeah creator economy oh, yeah and there's <laughs> subscriber support
1: there's dozens of other similar platforms yeah. now um and so there's platforms like that there's Uh, newsletter specific platforms you know where it's you create this product you have to pay to access it versus patreon's very much whatever platform you're creating on you just say hey you know support me um Mm -hmm. by doing so you might get access to behind the scenes or whatever right um and then there's uh I i think gary v might be involved or some other you know big big guys in the tech world but um there's platforms on like helping creators leverage all these channels to like take their creator business from you know just you know me to hey how can I how can I really make some money um so it's there's just a lot of opportunity I think consumers you know are are enjoying following like specific creators like I follow a guy on YouTube who's um big into the craft coffee world I love him and I watch his videos all the time um, and he's, you know, got a really successful business based on YouTube and based on sponsors and Patreon. So that seems
0: like people have really kind of really figured it out when they do that. There's, and, and I know a ton of people who provide help content on YouTube and the, you know, film and TV space that are showing new gear, new, you know, new, uh, New methods, new production models, new way to do new ways to do stuff. Mm-hmm. making crazy videos with no money and no gear and just crazy stuff. and you know they're hitting millions of subscribers and they're making real money mm-hmm. just off of YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really they've hacked it. they've yeah. figured it out they mm-hmm. and, and God bless them i I would do it if I could, you mm-hmm. know, but that's not you know it takes a special kind of mind to be able to create. For the internet yeah and that's what you guys do that i think is amazing <laughs> oh, is it's just man. like you you've you work for the internet my friend marianne canada says that you know I, I work for the internet that's her instagram uh uh awesome. bio <laughs> i work for the internet
1: i never thought of it that way but
0: uh, yeah we, you, you're part of the machine you keep mm-hmm. it going mm-hmm. yeah and and without you know it, it takes creators and, and and people contributing to the ecosystem
1: hmm absolutely in
0: order to for the thing to have value to begin with
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah yep you gotta have yeah the creators people adding value you know and uh i think you know it's gonna evolve and take new shape in the next 10 20 50 years while we're around and i mean it's gonna be cool i think this the stuff that's gonna come out of how we communicate and consume media and Build businesses.
0: Are there any threats to 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 the space you think, other than more algorithm changes, or do you think we're somewhat mm-hmm. in a? In I a,
1: mean, I think the there's a lot happening in you know privacies and cook in the cookie world, um, yeah. Like the data that's being tracked Keep, and shared, but it's it's so new that it's you know it's really difficult to to know how it's being enforced and like what that means.
0: Um, yeah. But, so where do, like ethically where 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 does a company um have to really like look into this stuff and and say like are we is this right like are we like do you guys i'm sure you have policies like we don't we don't want to invade anybody's privacy Mm. you know but we also want to be as effective as as possible at knowing who our who our subscribers are
1: yeah i mean it's a you know two-sided coin but i think you know the appropriate amount of data, or like the data that is collected, you know, making sure it's collected in, in an opt-in sort of, mm-hmm. we asked you, you told us, this is what we're going to use it right. for. Ways is, is appropriate, but it, it helps us tremendously provide, you know, it helps us provide the experience and the content we do. And so, I think, and I think younger people understand that, you know, like I, I don't want to see some of this other stuff. And so, by telling. You know, media companies I follow or brands I buy from, like my interest. You know, hopefully, I'm going to get a better experience. Um, it's just what being able to trust, like that people aren't going and selling my data to someone else who's then trying to use it. You know, so yeah, I think it makes you me know, so mad when that stuff happens. Yeah, you and feel
0: violated. You feel taken advantage of, and yeah. you don't want to engage with somebody who, you know gained your information or your data through unequitable mm-hmm. you know means yeah
1: yeah and you can like you said you you can spot it and you know it and so yeah i think hopefully those that that are doing that can kind of you know i mean it won't last long you know no no business like that lasts long and so
0: yeah um but you guys have lasted a long time already. I mean, do you still consider yourself a startup seven and a half years old?
1: <laughs> I mean uh that's an interesting question. I mean, I think in terms of like, you know, the business and the operations, I think, you know, yeah, I think we're still we're still trying to figure out this new model. Um yeah. so I I think in that way, you know, we're we're still you know, starting things up. Still um, got a chip on your shoulder still, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good, but uh, but yeah, you know, we've been around through, you know, one cycle of, and a lot of businesses that were, you know, in our space didn't make it, and so, mm. and in that sense, we're we're thankful and we feel super blessed and fortunate to 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 survived it, and you know, to made it through COVID as well, and uh, you know, when an advertising kind of was you know, paused for most brands. Um, so to be where we are and, you know, to still have the audience we do and the opportunity that's still ahead of us, you know, feels, feels like a win and something we're excited about.
0: Yeah. I I, I would just, I I just have to feel like coming out of COVID, the COVID era. I mean, I I assumed we were coming out of it. I, I, I thought we were, but it seems like there's been a certain amount of of, of trauma that people have uh, engaged with or been uh, aware of over the last mm-hmm. year and, and, are, and are kind of, I feel like a little more self-aware about stuff. I would think that that would be a great climate for content like mm-hmm. you guys are doing. People yeah. say, I don't want <laughs> negative stuff, which is all we've been fed through, you know, the last election cycle and all that kind of stuff. So for it to, it feels like people are more willing uh uh, more willing to engage with positive content and also uh, more actively Mm -hmm. seeking it out so it seems like a good climate for you guys to thrive in
1: that's that's you know that's why we're why we're here (laughs) um so yeah we're we're hopeful to you know reach people and you know continue to to be kind of that bright spot on the web and you know hopefully kind of be that you know that balance in someone's yeah. media consumption cuz you don't you know you don't want to fall into that cycle of just consuming the same stuff and um, so whether it's inspire more or you know my my call to anyone listening would be you know find some positive content you know creators individuals or media companies that produce content that you know is positive is uplifting is interesting and inspiring to you um and you know make that a part of your routine because it's going to help you you know your outlook on the day and you know probably keep keep you inspired and learning and growing so
0: it's great man well i'm so excited for you and i'm going to be even more excited when you move to knoxville which is when which is going to be when Uh, (laughs) not,
1: not sure not sure Definitely a win in the the beautiful scenery department. So that's that's an easy box to check. Yeah. So, but you know, with with the remote world, you know, exactly. Who knows? You can you can work anywhere these days. Well, you've
0: got your whole family down there, right? So be t- and big close family. You yeah, love well, them all. So well,
1: yeah, we're we're close for sure. <laughs> so, but you know, you never know. Yeah, I like Knoxville. It's a well, good spot. We'll take it. You- anytime all right you want to come i'll take i'll take you up on that if if we move here i'll be knocking on your door to hang out
0: i'll put on the gorilla suit and come oh gosh that
1: was that was unbelievable (laughs) it was probably as hot or hotter than it is right now yeah it's pretty hot
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought about it earlier today uh about your uh it was in june yeah but your about your wedding. I think Gosh. I've talked about it on the podcast before about Party Rilla. Oh really? Yeah. I've I've talked about the what did how did Party Rilla come up? I don't remember. Um but I, I, and I forget which one it was. I'll have to think back, but but we started talking about the gorilla suit that got passed around and and, and yes. be worn at different
1: weddings. Gosh. And, I remember when you came out wearing that. Kay had no idea like who who's this. Why is, why is there a gorilla at my gorilla wedding? at our wedding reception? and y'all you know danced your hearts out it was hilarious and then I think you went into the restroom afterwards and had taken it off and were like drenched in sweat and my dad like was next to you and didn't he say like did you see that gorilla that was hilarious (laughs) and I can't remember if you told him that was you or not but I I do remember that happening
0: well I uh I was I was more than surprised uh, uh, about three months later when Party Rilla showed up at my wedding. Yes. And the first thing I did was look around and I saw you.
1: So you were like... I was like, it's
0: not Hunter. Who could it be? Who could it be? I found out later <laughs> it was your brother-in-law. Yes. He nailed it. It was awesome. <laughs> he, he did. I'm going to find a picture and see if we can post it with this podcast. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for coming over tonight. I, I know you got to leave early tomorrow. So travel safely back to... Thank you. Back to Dallas and... I appreciate it's, you doing it. Yeah,
1: hey, thanks for having me. this is this has been a blast. love, love talking about life and media. So best well, of luck to the podcast and to you guys, um, look forward to coming back to Knoxville.
0: We'll see you real soon. All
1: right. thanks, Hunter.
0: All right, now you know how the sausage is made. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram to win those tickets to uh, Second Bell Music Festival. We'd love to see you there. It's a great celebration of uh, the music scene. Let's do it. Again, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Talk to you next Monday, all right? Take care of each other. Love each other. Pitch Wire. Play me.